to VG Empire, episode 118. Uh, it's your host, Brett Elston, along with two guests. Henry, Mario, Lover, Gilbert. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a me, Dave Rudden. It's a me, Dave Rudden. Uh, so, this is an interesting episode for a couple of reasons. One, <laughs> in that we're doing a Mario episode, which has kind of been the long-running joke of the show, because uh, anytime there's ever, like... Video game music. Mm-hmm. You hear Mario One One or Ground Theme, or and, and we've even played some of them. Like there's episodes about the Famicom Disk System we've done in the past, and we have covered some of these games in the past. But in the wake of Henry's departure from the Laser Time <laughs> Network of podcasts, full which, time anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah a, completely. as a as a paid employee of Laser Time, mm-hmm. yes, such as that as that exists. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It seemed appropriate to do a Mario episode, given that that's like, yeah, it's super obvious, but it is also like your series. Like, we've done Mario RPG episodes, and mm. you usually like weigh in heavily on those, or even choose the music. Um, and we've never actually done it. 118 episodes, never done. Just like, let's just do the Mario games. So this this we'll talk about Mario Super Mario Brothers, mainly just Super Mario Brothers, mm. but even then, kind of. Leaning will end in uh, sixty four because yeah. that alone is a lot to talk about. With and Galaxy is kind of almost its own episode. I mean, mm-hmm. when people downloaded this, they saw it wasn't a three hour episode, yeah. so it's not the full breadth of even mainline Mario games because yeah. that's how long it would take. But yeah. I mean, from the beginning, and I think Mario sixty four is a great place to end with it. But yeah, it was such a. Uh, I mean, it is one of the most important game series in gaming history. And I would say, you know, Mario got his start with uh, Donkey Kong in 82, or sorry, 81, first appeared in that. Then had Mario Brothers in 83. But this was, I think, when he really became an icon. Because Donkey Kong was the star of Donkey Kong, even though he played as Mario. Everybody remember the guy in the name of it. And, I mean, Donkey Kong was such a star that, like, Mario isn't (laughs) even the main character of the first and second Donkey Kong game. And uh, And then Mario Brothers, him and Luigi get basically equal treatment. They're just like, it's player one, player two. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, Mario is an interchangeable guy. And then comes the time for the Famicom system to come out in Japan. And... You know, Miyamoto, famously with uh, Takeshi Tezuka and uh, a bunch of other dudes, they put together a new side-scroller for Mario. And the first, like, it wasn't the first side-scroller. We all know that. But it did. It was the most important first side-scroller, I'd sure. say. Like, that, the Defender, the arcade shooter mm-hmm. kind of gets that accolade. Yeah. But, like, and Defender was huge for its day. But this Mario, like, Super Mario Brothers basically defined an entire generation of games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, Smurf. Smurf for the Atari didn't do that. Yeah, no. yeah. Like move left to right and get power ups, find little secrets hidden in the in the stage and clear a bunch of levels and then there's a boss at the end and you go on. And like this this starts a lot of that. If not start, puts it all together mm-hmm. in this one experience at a mm-hmm. time when a lot of games on the NES even in nineteen eighty five, eighty six, like were arcade ports that were kind of watered down or, oh, or yeah. modified in some way, like Donkey Kong or Popeye. And yeah, here was a game that was not that. It was an adventure. Yeah. And at the time, in the air, mid-'80s, certainly felt, as a child, like I, the first time I saw this, I was in preschool, mm-hmm. and it was probably, I'm guessing, 85. And I somehow, like thinking back about how rare an NES was to have in late 85, I don't mm-hmm. know exactly how this is possible. Yeah. Like somebody, some, like maybe the babysitter I was at who lived next to my preschool, <laughs> maybe they were just plugged in and had one, but I, I was not even in for kindergarten mm-hmm. yet. And I remember playing this, 
and being like, what is this? Like, I have an Atari. I don't know what this is. Yeah. And seeing this game, it captivated me. Just the idea of this world with vines that go somewhere and power-ups that change you and let you throw fireballs. It just seems so much more advanced. Yeah, I don't know the year exactly when I first saw it, too, but it was definitely... The late 80s was when I first saw it, and it, it took me the same way. I'm just like, oh my god, look at this thing. Yeah. Like, this is an amazing thing I've never seen before. And I'd even seen, like, my family had, you know, borrowed an Intellivision from sure. somebody or Coleco or whatever and saw what a video game looked like, but this was like nothing I'd ever seen before. And yeah, and yeah for, it wasn't what you thought, cons, it wasn't what most people thought of console games back yeah. in the mid 80s. You know, I'm yeah. in the kind of the same boat where like my family had an Atari and I played some of it and I liked some of the games, but once my mom brought home an NES that had Super Mario Brothers with it, like I immediately like that was ba- that's basically when I consider like the start of my love of gaming. Yeah, yeah. was that yeah, happening? Me too. Me too. Yeah. And speak of just playing the music in the background here, because normally how the show works is we talk about a game, then we go into a break and listen to the music, and then come back and talk about it. We do not need to do that with Super Mario Brothers because everyone, not ev- the original like, anyway. Like, we can just talk over this because yeah, we and this song itself has even been in a prior episode. So, but this is a song that narrated like it's in most of the stages of the game. Mm-hmm. You have to go in the underground to hear the underground theme, which I'm sure we'll end up playing. But this is famously the ground theme. Yeah, Koji Kondo is Kondo is the uh, composer who would. Do Mario music yeah, for much, years and years yeah. and years. Yeah, eventually he would start stepping back in like the late N sixty four generation. Let other, but he would still supervise. Like even yeah. when Mario Galaxy two came out, he's still in the videos like of of the making of videos, supervising the direction of the music. But this is just him uh, making the. This is all him. I think it is. Yeah, and, yeah, I think so. And yeah, you know, we've talked about we. I think this is the thing we always compare other Famicom NES music to because this was like the ground level thing, and we'd say like, oh, well, Castlevania is different from Mario in this yeah. way, and that's why it stood out. Yeah. Ninja Gaiden was different from Mario in this way, and yeah. it stood out. And it's like, and this was also a, a case of Koji Yukundo was brought in early to work on the music, mm-hmm. and the music then became part of the game it wasn't this thing that was added in after the fact like he was very much involved in like well it needs to express the sense of fun and and adventure and it's sort of childlike calliope circus music and that's Mm -hmm. intentionally so it's supposed to be fun and then when you start running out of time it goes double time the song speeds up and then when you get to the castles with bowser stages it gets a little bit more Mm -hmm. ominous and creepy Mm -hmm. and the underground sounds a little bit more stalactite drippy Mm -hmm. cavernous Mm -hmm. and it's all it's very primitive i guess you could say you know in quotes but like it was a case of, even among other NES games at the time, this felt like the music was part of the experience and not just this, oh, it's a jingle that plays mm-hmm. when I turn on Mario yeah. Brothers and then there's no music. And it wasn't a jingle. Yeah. Like, it, it wasn't was a, a jingle, full yeah. song. And yeah, one of the first true songs you yeah. hear. And not a, like even Donkey Kong is good, but it would also like, uh, a lot of those early games would rip off classic compo- compositions yeah. too, but this was really its own thing. Yeah. So aside from the main theme, the three other themes of of <laughs> Super Mario Brothers, do you could you rank those if you had to? The underwater, the uh, underground. Yeah. There's and, underwater, underworld, Bowser, and yeah. then like jingles after that. Yeah. But three level stages. I mean, I do. I do love Underworld. Yeah, Underworld is so great, and it's it's a great mix to go from one 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 to one two, and then complete music change. I I feel like they almost like 
patterned it because they knew they only had two music things. Yeah. They're like, if we give him the second one immediately, it won't feel repetitive. Like, yeah. let's give him, let's give um, him underground yeah, one. But yeah, and then there's underwater, which uh, is also nice. And this is great because again, for as early NES as this is, like this does have that synchronized swimming, yeah. very seventies feel to Most it. Like I was it. What's the who's the one who does like those crazy choreographed swimming things? Oh, you mean uh, um, I can't. Damn it, I don't know, but I'm, I'm sorry playing that the, I'm looking straight at you. But I'm playing the music underneath, but, uh, so I can't edit around it. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I know. You I want to say Bubsy Berkeley, but I'm. Yeah, uh, <laughs> That's a cat. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. That this is. Uh, that it's so choreographed, like you can definitely feel like arms are being yeah. pushed yeah. out to swim, and you also just kind of want to sway side to side. It also reminds me of you know like. Popeye cartoons yeah. of this yeah. is the sound of wa- yeah. of rolling waves. Yeah. But the underground also just the bass of like boop boop. Uh, and there's also oh, this, and there's also this, this definitely just a jingle, but yeah. But I always think I when I think back to this jingle, I think of the time Kanye West said like about his success and celebrating his success. He says, "When you get the star in Mario, you want to kill everything. You don't just stand in place and listen to the music." Like, I actually, uh, the weird thing I would do when I was a kid, I did this with Zelda as well. I forget, I forget what the power up was in Zelda, but like because Mario, he, his color changes throughout that entire invincibility. Yeah, yeah, I would pause yeah. it and be like, "Look at that! Look at that yeah. color palette! Well, look at that color palette! He's red! He's green! What? <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was also part of the finding new things to do yeah. in Mario because you'd play it over and over. You, you'd yeah. play it constantly, and there were always things to find, but not never much new music to hear. But uh, yeah. And then yeah, this this also has you know the kind of like dr- dramatics yeah. of a final. I mean, stage. if I had to say there's a song that I look fondly on the least, it's probably this one just because it's yeah. it's almost as short a theme as the invincibility theme. It's super. It, it definitely it's loops very, quickly, yeah. and it's it's meant to just build tension, and yeah. it does that very well. It builds tension, and you're already feeling tense playing it, yeah. so you don't have as much time to de- appreciate yeah. it. Definitely yeah. accentuated when you start to just like hear the. <laughs> Oh and yeah, yeah, the fire's coming in, and then Super Mario Brothers is re-released. Uh, you know, famously as Super Mario All Stars on the Super NES, so they got a 16-bit facelift, mm-hmm. and then we saw it on the Game Boy Color, Super Mario Brothers Deluxe, and uh, I think that's the last time that I remember the first one getting some kind of touch-up at least. Yeah, I mean, ever since then, it didn't get a touch-up on GBA like every other game, yeah. and then by that point, by the end of the GBA, they were just putting out the game again, <laughs> either as a GBA cartridge. Or on the virtual console. And so yeah. now Nintendo doesn't have to repackage Super Mario Brothers. They just sell it to you again for, you know, five bucks or whatever. Yeah. I'm surprising they never did a GBA remake. I mean, if there's anything mm. that Super Mario Brothers needs, it's voice samples. <laughs> it's so much better. Uh, but also that the DX one was good because they were able to incorporate the stages of Super Mario 2, Japan's Super Mario right. 2, a.k.a. Lost Levels, which I don't believe really added much musically to uh, the series. Yeah, I don't actually remember it well enough. I think the ending might have a different song. Yeah, it, I just I intentionally chose to leave it out yeah. because, again, most of the listenership here will be Western, if not, you know, mm-hmm. not Japanese at the very least. So uh, I don't have any nostalgia yeah. for it. And yeah, from my memory, I feel like the music is lo- a lot of repeated. Yeah. repeated well, I mean, stuff. Lost Levels in general is just a repeated. Uh, repeated assets for sure and then remixed. But yeah, Mario won 40 million units sold. And I'm uh, pretty sure that was the best selling game until Wii Sports. Wow. Best selling console game until Wii Sports. Console game, yeah. yeah. yeah which, it, which gets into it was a pack in for most of yeah. that time. So I, I assume that's what builds into oh, that. Oh, that counts as part of yeah, it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, but yeah, it's why you could 
you'd find copies of it everywhere in the early days of used things. They're yep. just at flea markets of like, here's here's Mario. It was harder to find Mario without Duck Hunt than it was to find him yeah, with it. That's how I had it because I ended up, like, I got for Christmas uh, the Rob robot thing yeah. <laughs> uh, and then got Super Mario Brothers as its own game and then I would go to friends' houses and be like, why is your Duck Hunt on the same thing as Mario? Yeah. Oh, wow. And I had, but Gyromite and Duck Hunt are what came with the deluxe set. It didn't even come with Mario. Wow. So you had to get Super Mario Brothers separately. I remember working at uh, Funko Land, we actually sold Mario, Super Mario Brothers alone for more than the yeah. Super Mario slash Duck Hunt. Because yeah. we just got so many Super Mario slash Duck Hunts. Sure. They were nine cents. I remember you could buy it for nine cents. Wow. You buy it for nine cents? You could buy like... it for nine cents, which I mean we would buy it for like two. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Why, why would you even like just throw it in a dumpster? At yeah, that point? I, like, I believe we did. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Lost Levels was released in '86. Famicom Disk System. I do. I did finally get a copy of this last time I was in Japan just to have it. Yeah. I think the first time we saw it was in the uh, Mario All Stars, which, by way of its 16-bit kind of upgrade, but I, yeah. I mean it was. When we heard about it, like, I didn't know it existed until yeah. it was in All-Stars. And just see, like, another Mario game? This is so great. But it, it was made for people who had been playing, yeah. an expected mm-hmm. audience to do, who had been playing Mario Brothers for an entire year who are ready for the, a way more challenging game. Super challenging game. Instead, we got, in 1988, Super Mario Brothers 2. And every so often I forget that the cover of this has Mario Madness at the bottom. It does yeah. say that. That's and I've, every time, like once every five years, I remember like, Mario Madness. <laughs> really uh, capitalizing on Macho Madness at the I time. guess, because like, it, it's so strange, because uh, I mean, the Mario Fever, or whatever you want to call it, was at its height. Yeah. Like, By Mario, idiot, Mario so. Nintendo in general, and granted, Mario 3 would eclipse even this, but that feeling of there's a Mario 2, like in first grade for me it was like there's a second one and then you play it and it is nothing like the first one and it is intentionally so it was a game Doki Doki Panic reskinned for North America as a game with Mario picking like it plays nothing like it the physics the the feel of it the graphic style nothing about it is reminiscent of Mario 1 at all different villains Mm -hmm. like Mario and Luigi play completely differently and have distinct sprites yeah it was the first time Luigi had a distinct sprite because he had been a witch in the previous (laughs) version and and Peach is playable as is Toad. It's just it it had such an effect on American fans of the time. And it was weird to see it not even referenced in many Mario games because in Japan they weren't. It wasn't a thing to them, you know. Yeah, it, it was re-released as Super Mario USA. Yeah, is this literally like Doki Doki Panic's music that's playing because the only time that you even hear anything old. That re- references the original one is when you're in a what is it, is it subcon when you throw down the p- well the yeah that, and, the and that's when you get the yeah subcon yeah. is the rare times you do it yeah you it, hear the boom 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 yeah. boom 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 yeah the rest of it is this weirdo dreamland because the whole game is a dream yeah. and maybe that's well, going into the Mario madness <laughs> like he's going ah. insane like, I don't know but he seems it's, pretty happy though when you it, see him in his dream at the end yeah maybe uh, game over is that he like dies in his sleep or just has <laughs> some weird. And yeah, it's a uh, Fast and Furious style. It's the it's the latest game in the series, and everything else has been a prequel. <laughs> and yeah. then you find out Jason Statham is the one that put him in that uh, coma. <laughs> I wonder though if he is like, boy, what a crazy dream. When he's seen already at this point the craziest crap anyway, but yeah. he's like, oh no, Subcon is so weird with its yeah. ninjas and shy I've, guys. I've, I've brought this up before, but like this the time the first time that he saw 
like a shy guy or any character or like any character from Super Mario Brothers Two in reality, like on the soccer field. Uh-huh. Like, did he just like freak out? Like, you're yeah. real. You're real. I saw you in my <laughs> dream. Oh, it's a it's a psychic break. <laughs> and, and yeah, the music though is taken from Doki Doki Panic, which was more of a. I mean, it was an Arabian Nights style thing, though not real. I mean, the characters were mostly Arabian Nights style, but it was just a more like even more like um, banjoy, mm. like uh, goofier soundtrack than even Super Mario Brothers was. Yeah, yeah, and like, uh, the character select it's almost like uh, like a hand thing. Yeah, yeah, and this is a. Uh, I mean, Doki Doki is like the onomatopoeia for like heartbeat heart racing or something so it's like you know i think it translates it says uh dream factory heartbeat panic (laughs) so that's and then that became mario 2 which influenced like for a long time like that's what influenced the cartoon that we saw the super mario brothers super show it was Mm. full of even though it was king koopa you still had a lot of like mario 2-ish stuff happening like they're on they're on the magic carpet and they're throwing vegetables and like a lot of shy guys and enemies yeah. and things like and that I remember was triclide being a one of his yeah triclide like this three-headed snake and so there's so much stuff about mario 2 that became just a constant in mario but and this was in a time period where the second game in almost all these big franchises zelda 2 mario 2 castlevania yeah. 2 they were just like oh uh, nothing like the thing you were already playing and you're Let's like just be crazy Let's and that was the status quo for a while. i mean it only happened that one time but then like <laughs> It, a couple of years. It was this period of like in kid time and like early grade school time. It's a, it's an eternity mm-hmm. when like there's only I want you to imagine kids a world where there are only two Mario games. Mm-hmm. There are only two. <laughs> so, there's Super Mario Brothers and there's Super Mario Brothers Two, and they are nothing alike. There are only two Zelda games on planet Earth: Zelda One and Zelda Two, and that's it. Yeah. There's nothing else to pull from. And then when you see Zelda Three, it's linked to the past. And when you see Mario Three, it's like. Well, this is kind of like the first one, but it's not entirely different from the second one. And it's it was just this period of like, yeah, nothing is really this. Castlevania Three is like, okay, yeah, it's kind of like a mix of the two, and there's multiple characters. Like, it was just a wild west. Like, people did whatever they wanted. I think that the music in uh, Super Mario Two USA is it's a little cheerier in mm. general, or in uh, it's definitely more complex than it was in Super Mario Brothers. Which you know, that's just. The difference a couple years yeah. of Super Mario yeah. of of, su- of Famicom development gives you yeah. that underground theme. It's almost got like bongo drums. Oh in yeah, it. yeah. So we'll go into the music. I'll actually play a couple tracks. Koji Kondo again. So this will be like the under uh, the ground theme equivalent of just mm-hmm. the main music from Mario Two that you hear when you descend from the sky. Mm-hmm. That's another big thing. Is this game went vertical a lot. Yeah. And the, the idea of like picking up and stacking things and like a sense of physics or real world objects colliding with each yeah. other. And also, like, circular stages are, like, I guess, yeah. infinite loop stages of you walk off one side of the screen and appear on the other yeah, side. Yeah, there was just... Which felt like dream logic type things yeah. when you think back on it. Oh, yeah. yeah, actually, yeah. Huh. Um, but, yeah, we'll do the, the main theme and then uh, the inside slash cave slash any kind of interior indoor scene, mm-hmm. and we'll be back.
Those are both great. Yeah. They're simple, but they really take me back. And while it is painfully obvious to play both of those songs in a VG Empire, it's yes. still worth doing. I, I I always forget this, but like that the the overall the the main theme of Super Mario Brothers Two, it's. I don't know if it's because Doki Doki Panic was like this, but it's like it's almost comedic. Like wah 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 wah. It's very forties. Ragtime. Yeah, ragtime, Dixieland, all that stuff. Like you can imagine a guy in like with that uh, you know, goofy hat and the that outfit of a barbershop quartet, but he's at the piano like And then like you were mentioning before the break, uh that when you go into subcon subconscious uh, and get that mushroom. And get the get mushroom bigger. and grow big. This music plays, which is the Mario One Ground theme. Already a remix slash cover slash yeah. thing. Wow. Like maybe They're one cool. of the first video game ones that did yeah. that. And it's them recognizing the icon- how iconic yeah. that music yes. was. They only have to remake like ten seconds of it because you're never in, yeah. in subcon for that long. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's a timed thing where if you got to get in and get out, you got to get all those coins. Yeah. And then meanwhile, yeah, the bongos and the cave theme, like. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's more sophisticated, but still, still, you know, they don't want to get too complicated or too, you know, uh, what's the word nuanced. Yeah. In in Mario's music design. Yep. That brings us to the next game. Where we'll really maybe dig into the music a little bit more. Mario Three debuted yes. in the hit movie The Wizard. Oh, oh um, wow! But. Uh, Mario 3, I mean, this this is really where the Mario madness, so to speak, really exploded. And it I don't was, think he was ever more popular in America, anyway, than when Super Mario Bros. 3 came out. It's weird, though, because like, it sold like about 17 million, which itself is like, Jesus. Yes. But... With no that's pack-in. that's not a well. It became a pack in oh, yeah, later later on, but it's still like it's or, like substantially less than Mario One. But yeah. but for years it was like if you had a friend who had literally any Nintendo games, <laughs> yeah. they had Mario Three. Yeah, with that garish yellow cover and just Mario. And again, as a kid, didn't question at all. Why does he have a raccoon tail and can fly? Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. And why do I? Why do I immediately like? Why does the hat have ears? Why does he have four ears now? Don't care. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like the the moment you see him take off and fly, you're like turn into a frog and Who a cares? frog in the Hammer Brothers suit. Like this was a this was a huge adventure. Like if if Mario One was like this idea, this concept of like as a kid, it's it's making you feel like you're on an adventure. Mario One had so much more variation in the levels. Uh, a lot of the music, still not all that much music, no. but like so many gra- so much. Is where this sounds so much graphics, like <laughs> yes. different sprites, different feels to the world. The idea that Mario Two had like this is an ice world and this is kind of a themed area, but Mario Three is like no, this is like the island tropical one. This is the uh, the the total frozen over one. This mm. is the cre- creepy airship stage, mm. and this is the uh, desert, and this is yeah. The, yeah. Giant I mean, worlds. the original Super Mario Brothers definitely had the feel of like, well, now you're in this world that the trees are white, and this is yeah. different than the previous world. But it, it wasn't that much a different differentiation. It got a bit more in this our Super Mario Brothers too, where they're like, now there's a whale here, or this yeah. is like this is the sandy area, but. Really, the world style of yeah. Super Mario 3 is this one. Because yeah. each world is a specific, extremely mm. specific theme yeah. Yeah. that builds on it each time. And that also means different music for it. And two, they had to, I think, make even more diverse music choices because they had a world map for the first time. Yep. You have to hear some music while picking where to go in there. And, uh, yeah, I just... I oh God, I love this game. Like It really was... 
even though you know there were two games called Super Mario 2 I always think of this as the first true sequel to Super sure. Mario Brothers because Japan Super Mario Brothers 2 was warmed over uh, recreation of one ours was not made to be a Mario game originally yep. and then this one was when Miyamoto and his team just said we are making a real true new Mario game and yep. they wanted to change everything like have the, like push the NES to almost to the limit graphically put in a bunch of extra chips in the machine in, in the cartridge to do the extra work that's needed and that includes musically not just the graphics yeah. and in give you more of everything way more enemies way more enemy diversity way especially like boss fights Mm -hmm. well the koopa kids alone is like each one has like oh this is like they're each a personality archetype yeah and and the creation of scrolling stages as well like Mm, auto scrolling stuff like the airships the airships where you like i don't know yeah. And the limited one-screen battle stages, too. Mm. Oh, yeah, like, like map encounters. Sort yeah, of, like. the map encounters. And on top of that, flights. Like, a verticality to stages that completely changes it. Not only can you, like, backtrack, mm. which you could do in, in USA, too, but you could also just go above the screen. Like, yeah. jumping wasn't what limited you anymore. Yeah, and you were rewarded to... Play around, fly, look, yeah. look, look around for things, um, and you were just searching for new secrets all the time. And yeah, to that, that we got it a year after Japan is also a, a crazy yeah. thing to think. It was about, almost it was like a year and a half. Yeah, a year and a half, and then and then Europe didn't get it for like I think another six year months, and a half. Another year and a half, yeah, yeah. Which is which is a wild thing to think of in today's yeah. like worldwide release <laughs> yeah, dates. Yeah, by the stuff. time Europe got, according to this, the release dates on the wiki, uh, by the time Europe or PAL versions at least got. Mario 3, August 29th, 91. The Super NES is about a month away for us. Maybe less than a month. And already nine months old in Japan. In Japan. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I, I, there's not a, I mean, there's so many things I could say about Mario 3. I love that game. It is one of my all time favorites. Yep. Even though I will admit, I think Super Mario, the next game is the better of the two. I think that's true. But I, I really just love how. I love how compact the stages are in three. Yeah. Like I think you really get to see a lot of diversity in stages that really, if you know what you're doing, take ninety seconds. Yeah. You know, but still, I I love that uh, in the in the game that it can be that diverse that you can have a stage, you can have stages built around. I'm inside a pyramid now, yeah. and now I'm outside of a pyramid, and a tornado will throw me in the air, yeah. or now I'm and the sun is pissed, and the sun is pissed <laughs> off, or now I'm swimming under a war boat yeah. you know yeah. and and feeling the real menace of world eight of like this yeah. is scary like this yeah. is like blood red everywhere yeah. And, uh, yeah like i just love how i mean all all the mario games have secrets but just one just seemed to have like the best like crouching behind the the oh, one yeah. the, that one block uh there are certain stages where if you like it's like the auto scrolling ones where if you got a certain amount of coins you get a p wing and oh, yeah and you could have, you could have items that carried over from yeah. the stage and use them before you went in and you could realize like oh this stage is too hard yeah, I'll use a p wing and just fly over I think it's, the yeah the first the first uh, tank stage in eight I always just flew over I'm like, there was, it was too hard there's definitely one that I would fly over it was cruel for children to be like Hey, this is you don't have saves. Like yeah. you you better keep your thing on or I mean that is why they were like liberal with the whistles. Yeah. They're like, "All right, if you 
if you just want to get to World Seven, here it is. And and also that was borrowed music. The whistle, the Zelda chime, yeah, was uh, yeah straight from Zelda. But uh, but yeah. there was also Miyamoto confirming after a long time that the game opens with a curtain going up <laughs> and everything casts a strange shadow as if it's being lit from behind you, the player. Uh, and it's like screws on stuff and like yeah. hanging off screen. And with, like, yeah. yeah, and the and the idea seems super obvious, but at the time it's just like, oh, that's just the aesthetic. And then mm-hmm. they're now like, no, this game is actually kind of supposed to be a stage play. And that explains why you exit stage right yeah, yeah. at the end of every stage and you actually mm-hmm. like walk off the set and you end a stage with like black. And it's like, and scene. Yeah, I I love that about, I do love yeah. that, that they were thinking on that level, but they never talked about it. Sure. And, and I did also see in some interviews, Miyamoto said he was like, it sounded like he was professionally disappointed with three, that they didn't think they did enough. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Like what? Uh, other than going to a new 16-bit system, like yeah. you did everything you could with this, it felt like. That was I mean, a fight could have been better. Yeah, I guess. And this is one of those things that, like, again, the we've talked a little bit on prior episodes about Famicom and NES chips, but Mario 3 is one of the carts that had stuff in it that mm-hmm. kind of enhanced what the NES could do. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the bigger things was, I talked about this earlier, something like the bar at the bottom is static and the mm-hmm. top is, because you can see, like, the meter for how fast you're running and the item you have. And the coin numbers, like these are two separate cards. To this yeah, there's cards. There's screen regions basically that you're messing with, and like there's like a chip in the cart that is like letting the NES do things it can't do natively. Mm-hmm. So it was just a ad- very advanced game, and yeah. by the time it came out, like it, even though the NES for us it was ninety. 1990, so it was, we'd had it for five years, and the Genesis was around, but it wasn't popular necessarily yet. This was pre-Sonic. It was pre-Sonic, so it still felt like, man, Nintendo still got a lot going on, and then a yeah. year and a half later, the 16-bit stuff would be going hard. So, and you do think in Super Mario Three, like the I. I I didn't consider it as a kid like the dead it's not dead space but it's not changing space of your meter yeah and it's the same with like to graphically work like i'd say a half inch of the screen is just a color like oh yeah it it's just a bar on there because there's no they couldn't fill stuff in there it was mm. graphically they couldn't do it it's the same reason that it's the only one where um fire mario is just orange oh. because palette wise he couldn't they couldn't give him those colors this time with all the rest of the colors they were using it's a it's a beautiful game we'll do three songs from this again the the first main world like just overworld uh well not even overworld just ground theme again uh the the main music when you go mario 3 and this is the song that's probably in your head Mm -hmm. after that is the athletic version for mario 3 which is another one of the songs the second you hear it you'll be like "Uh uh-huh and stylistically i i love athletic as like they'll have athletic in in another game on this list, but also in like Yoshi's Island, yeah. it's athletic. is It's it's a beautiful style. It's definitely yeah. like the hey, pick up your knees. It's yeah. time to run. And then after that is the the Bowser final boss music, which uh, we'll talk a little bit when we come back. But great like chaotic final battle music.
just love the crazy percussion of that. And it's a fight where you are battling Bowser, who has a brand new sprite, uh, very King Koopa <laughs> yeah. looking, and he you can't hurt him really. Like mm. he just jumps and slowly you have to avoid him, and he'll break a hole in the floor and then eventually fall through the floor. And it reminds me like the first time I ever finished this game, I was in we were on a family vacation, and I was able to bring my. NES and I knew that there would be a TV where we were but and everyone had left to go do something and I'm like I ha- I and I'm probably well 90 so I'm only 9 maybe I was 10 at the time uh yeah I had to be 10 cuz it was probably summer of 91 by the time I had it in the game and was far enough to do this um anyway just beating it on vacation in a room that, <laughs> then not even in your house and just like remember fight like sweaty palms and like feeling that music like breathing down your neck um yeah I I I forgot, honestly, that song because I was yeah. so... When I think of boss fight music, I think of the Koopalings general yeah, music. Yeah, it's a very... Music. It's also like the first two, and actually most of three, these songs are repeated a lot. Yeah. Like, you'll hear the the overworld theme all the time because you're going from stage to stage. You'll hear mm-hmm. every stage variation a bunch of times, but you only hear this one once. Yeah. And I love the athletic. Athletic definitely makes me think of the scrolling stages too of like I gotta move yeah. fast yeah. but I also just love the like dah, 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 yeah over that there's and, a lot of yeah. a lot more layers in that than we've heard in the prior songs and you can tell because it's pretty late in NES's life yeah. cycle again yeah. to me it feels like, like a comedic ragtime song like yeah and then uh, we do get underwater music again which is not quite what it was in the Super and yeah. the original Mario Brothers but it's very reminiscent yeah, it's it's reminiscent, a little more complex, but yeah. uh, though I I wouldn't say better, though it definitely I, I felt like the swimming in Mario Three felt even slower mm. than uh, than in one, so I think it needed a slower feel to mm. it, and especially if you're going to spend more time exploring much denser underwater stages yeah. that were like go real deep, or also even you can jump out of the water and explore like land areas in it too. Yeah. Like, yeah. That brings us to Super Mario World. Now this this is where the music for me really picks up a little bit and the things I would actually like to listen to. But even this starts getting into like really you're going to play Mario World music cuz it's just it's just so like Jesus we know. But it's just so weird like this is so pleasant and silly and still goofy fun but like it was a little more difficult at this point, even though to see Mario 16-bit and the colors and the color palette just blown up, and just so, it was such a gorgeous game, and the art design and the level design, everything is like everything you liked about three, but even more yeah. and done better. It was still like in a post-Sonic world. It did not feel cool. It yeah. felt very kiddie, and that's where an image Nintendo struggled with, kind of maybe f- until like the mid 2000s, when all of us just kind of gave up on that like <laughs> kiddie Nintendo thing, and it was like actually. We've got through the teen, early 20s angst and are actually now just like, yeah, it's for kids and that's fine. It's yeah. also just really great game design, so that's cool too. I, that was just, that's just the title theme, right? Yeah. It doesn't mm-hmm. re- you're, that's when a, you're picking your save file and watching Mario do, like, shoot yeah. a Koopa out of his yeah. shell. Yeah. And they have little, uh, like, like onesies, like, yeah. like tank tops on. I always thought they it. were, like, old Italian dads and they were just coming out and they're, like, the <laughs> boxers. Like, what are you doing on my lawn? I mean, I think, in, I think that's one of the many, like, manga or Japanese yeah. Oh, yeah, style yeah. things of like when you see a comedic like dude who just jumped out of bed thing that's their night clothes right. just yeah. very stripped down style but not like the joke is and I guess it's their equivalent of you know heart, so- heart boxer sure. briefs right. kind of look but so yeah. this 
uh, yeah, this game it had it had bad timing in America of just like because they had a huge color palette compared to the NES, you kind of got to see more of what colors they wanted Mario to be. And what yeah. they wanted it to be was a more more cutesy, more childish color scheme of like very bright, like bright yellow is the first color I think of when I think of this game. Or bright greens, like just a lot of bright colors. And so, you know, when you're 11, 12, 13, and you see Sonic with his, you know, lack of patience and his darker hues and the more guitar feel to just a lot cooler sounding music much more contemporary dance hip-hop sounding music but when you play them side by side you're like no this is the level design the powers all the stuff like it beats sonic every which way but yeah but the music in this same deal they they went cutesy as well like it's still very cutesy music like very like almost like like triangles and stuff like almost like the kind of instruments a little kid would have in music mm, class, you yeah. know? But this also had a lot of different... Uh, we talked about how Mario 3 had different maps and overworlds. In Mario World, it was a world where a you would... A continuous map. A, one big continuous map, and all these places kind of, you know, stretched together. So you'd go from, like, this area of, like, Dinosaur Island or whatever <laughs> to, like... And then you would hear this song and 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 in each each one would be a little bit different uh no matter where you went now it's technically not continuous when you take into account star road well yeah there's transformed star road. there yeah, yeah and there yeah. would be you know that, the lost woods yeah. there would be the caves like but it definitely was a continuing thing of like when you went from you know world five to world six in mario three they they're just different maps. There's no explanation of why you'd be in one place than from the other. I always love the vanilla dome music. Yeah. You walk in, you it's like a cave and it's all twinkly and sparkly. And that this effect here is really cool. It has an echo like it just feels kind of boom. It just feels like a there's a surface over your head and that's an effect the NES couldn't really do. So when yeah. you're playing a Super Nintendo, it was like looks a little better. There's a lot more colors, the level design's a little bit more intricate. You know, you can fly with the cape, but the cape's almost more like a hang glider than a just flying and a controlled descent. Like, you could, if you were good, you could kind of stay in yeah. the air and, like, game the system and keep up in the air. It was, I don't know. Yeah, or you could smash that, like, you could immediately yeah. take, a, like, a nosedive and yeah. just, like, crater the ground. Yeah. But, yeah, that, that underground music, too, just the, like, ding 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 like, Yeah, the twink, the twinkle. Of, I remember that being played a lot in the Super Mario Bro- Super Mario World cartoon, which was not good. Oh, yeah. But that music, anytime I heard it, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll tolerate this and not the really terrible uh, cavemen in there. Oh, God. God. Man, I watched that show, like, twice, and the, yet the theme song is burned in my yeah. head forever. Well, it is funny to think back oh, on how God. the music did impact all the animated shows of the, at least of the, the first three Super Mario Super Show, it ended with the do the Mario, like making lyrics for the ground theme. Oh, yeah. Then three opens up with the the Mario 3 music as they're telling the story of Mario 3 to set it up. And then, then in Super Mario World, they do yeah. the same deal. I feel like I was must. It, it was a different song. Dude, it was like Super it? Mario. It is. Super Mario. Super Mario. This is just un... How could you? You got to move fast. Mario and Luigi doing what they can. Yoshi and the princess. Why? Yoshi looks terrible. It's still going. Yoshi eats a fireball, and they all 
applaud it. Ooh, boy. boy I'm glad oh, I didn't watch that. I, I didn't either. The three <laughs> adventures of Super Mario Brothers 3 was a little better. I watched like, that comparison. a little bit, but the Mario Super Mario Brothers Super Show with Captain Lou Albano yeah. and mm. the other Luigi man uh, <laughs> did watch a lot of that. Because at the time, the idea that a video game anything was on TV was like, what? Yeah. Um, but we'll I'm do- going to park myself in front of this TV and see. Yeah. So we'll do three songs from Mario World, Koji Kondo again. Uh, this is the athletic Super Mario World and the underground theme. So much more sedate on that one, but I love the almost twangy guitar, and you can hear like the wow, and it has a very diggy underground feel to it. I love it. And it it sticks with the like bassy percussion of the underground theme from Mario, uh, Super Mario Brothers. I feel like more than the other games, like the underground theme kind of plays off of the main theme where it has that same sort of da 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 Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Yoshi the dinosaur, and when you get oh, on, and when you jump on Yoshi, it, it adds the drums, uh, a little extra percussion layer. 
That is awesome. I, I never, I mean, I definitely noticed it while sure. playing it, but it's one of those things like you, it's a subconscious thing. Yeah, like as a kid, I remember jumping on and being like, wait, what? And then <laughs> jumping off and be like, and then the drums would go away. But with athletic too, I really, I love it. No, I can imagine just maybe because I've actually seen videos of it, but Koji Kondo could have done that just by himself on yeah. a keyboard. It's just like, it's, it's, yeah, it just reminds me of like seeing That's somebody Fiyoshi play. Version. Uh, I was about to think like, wait, what's, what about the ghost version? He doesn't go in to the ghost house with you, yeah, or does he go to the castle? Yeah, too scared. But yeah, just thinking, I, I love to imagine like I, I love like piano jazz or just like <laughs> watching a super talented piano player do just a solo and just like their fingers just flying yeah. around and, and that's what I love about the athletic theme in, in World as yeah. well. Uh, weird little thing that about this song, <laughs> like when, around the time when this game came out, uh, my little sister was like reading and watching uh, the Clifford stuff. You know, Clifford the Big Red Dog. Yeah, of course. Uh, so she would always—I don't know if this was an actual song on Clifford, but she would always sing Clifford. It's Clifford, lovable Clifford. Oh, and every wow. time I hear this song, I just think of Clifford, <laughs> think of that? Clifford wow. the Big Red Dog. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Still waiting for my Clifford Mario crossover. Uh, we can do two more songs really quick from Mario World. This is the sub-castle and then the bonus screen, just because I do love the jingle of this. Thank you. 
that's almost yeah. borderline annoying, but I love that it has the orc hit, which would define a lot of Super NES music. That yeah. boom! Um, and then before that, the the pageantry and the drama of that castle theme yeah. uh, is just so. It almost feels like the kind of music we'll eventually hear in Final Fantasy VI and yeah. four, and like it definitely feels like a tryout for Final Fantasy VI, and just uh, you know that that Sony sound chip, man. Yeah, you put they, to good use, and I I like how at the start of it, just the waves of it, like yeah, it just builds up to it. Takes its then, time. Dun, dun, yeah, the big build that. is great. I think it works. Isn't that it's both ghost houses and uh, castles that use that? If I think so. Yeah, I believe that's a ghost house theme too. But it is just yeah, it builds to that like wherever you are, it's scary. Yeah, yeah, and then it and it definitely feels then like operatic of the the come down of like yeah the twinkling yeah it's beautiful it's beautiful um but yeah allegedly this is a uh, twenty million selling worldwide so that's not surprising was a pack in too was a pack in as well um, enjoy that last pack in kids of the yeah, past yeah we didn't yeah. get it until Wii Sports that until was the next Wii, time oh that's right yeah. what am I saying last pack in that thing. was the next time we got a pack in oh well I guess you could call it Mario's tennis for the virtual boy sure yeah that's <laughs> true but. But uh, yeah, this was this was a beautiful time to be a Mario fan, and it it's funny to think of like so at least by the most Americans, you had eighty six, eighty eight, ninety, and then ninety one of platforming Mario games, also surrounded by a million and one pretenders to that throne of sure. like all these other platforming games just wanted to be yeah. their own Mario, and then after that, like you wouldn't get another two D original two D <clears throat> Mario. Outside of you would get the Game Boy one, you get a ninety three, you'd get six, uh, six golden coins. But after that, like you, you wouldn't get any two D Mario games for a long time, not original ones. Yeah, the idea of getting a new proper two D Mario game was like after World and Six Golden Coins. It's like uh, hmm. New Super Mario Bros. for DS, yeah. like, and that's two thousand six, and that yeah. just turned ten I still years old. Haven't gotten over. Like I know it's a great series and a great game, but Yoshi's Island, I'm just like, this is not Super Mario World Two. Even is... though the the cover says it, Dave, it yeah. says it is. <laughs> but then again, in Japan, Super it's Mario World was called Super Mario Brothers Four Super yeah. Mario World. So, uh, but yeah, I hey, listen to the Yoshi's Island episode yeah. to hear all how much I love that music. Yeah, we did that episode about a year ago. It's called Yo Yoshi, but uh, VGEmpire.com, hmm. everybody. But I definitely didn't play Super Mario World thinking. This is the last time I'll get to play a 2D Mario yeah. game for a very long time. Um, and then for five years after that, it was like, well, what's next for Mario? And uh, mm-hmm. most of what was next was on the Game Boy. Yes. Um, six Golden Coins, Mario Land. Uh, Mario Land was before this, but Six Golden Coins was like, a, wow, this almost feels like Mario World on a ha- on a Game Boy. Mm-hmm. Except it, through R&D 2's Intelligent Systems style of doing a Mario game, which is not in the same style sure. that uh, EAD would do. Yeah, and it's cute and it's weird, and I definitely encourage you to play it. It's on 3DS Virtual Console. So like I, I I didn't finish six golden coins until like two years ago. Wow. I didn't have it as a kid, so I didn't okay. I didn't play it all that much. But that brings us to five years later. Five years later, the launch of the N sixty four, nineteen ninety six, Super Mario sixty four, which is one of my favorite games of all time, and as <laughs> as magical and uplifting as I felt uplifted as I felt playing Super Mario Brothers one in you know heading out of preschool into kindergarten <laughs> and feeling like. Wow, this isn't like all those Atari games where there's just one screen and a square. Like, there's a person who can jump and explore. Like, Mario 64 felt like, oh, yeah, we kind of uh, sort of invented the idea of 3D platforming and then also basically made the best one that everyone would be judged against for this entire console generation. And you would always have to argue 
very strongly whether anything after that was better than Mario 64. Uh, just like, yeah, the, the graphics and maybe some of the level design gets improved on in later well, games. But like Joe Kazooie, you could say, hey, that's you could, good. So, you the, could. I've seen the argument, be but made. I don't buy I, it. No. Yeah. I don't either because it's too diverse. It's too uh, split. The attention yeah. is too scattered across too much. Does it look better? Yeah. Does yeah. it run as well? No. It, like no, it it, it's also just like a lot of the game is tricking you into collecting things and in the illusion of gameplay whereas yeah. Mario is like it's and the jiggies are just stars and like mm. it, it's 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 good I I loved Banjo-Kazooie and I don't want to take anything away from it but Mario 64 was a day one game that justified that machine they built a controller around one game yes. and that bit them in the ass for 5 <laughs> years 6 years almost but but hey it, focusing on just one Mario game like that did that was but set them up for two years on their previous systems. Yeah. Like and, they didn't need yeah. other stuff. But I, I don't want to sound like the old man here, but but I can't imagine like I think VR might be the first thing that could be that, but nothing in the mm. last twenty years has felt like the ex- like brain yeah. explosion of possibilities yeah. that yeah. seeing these games in three D was because once they got polygonal graphics to actually work in 3D spatial movement to actually work with Super Mario 64, it was just things that, you know, even Uncharted 4, as amazing as it is, it still is like taking conceptually what Mario 64 did Mm -hmm. and building on it and building on it a ton, but it's not a new experience. When you see it, you're just like, you'll be in awe of its its, you know graphics or ways it changes up things, but you won't be like, the, the movement the very moving. the very concept of this game existing yeah. is challenging my understanding of how to play a video game I mean, and, but it's still it's it's amazing that it like it's a, still approachable like so much of like especially like early playstation platformers like or Tomb 3D Ra- games the original Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider Resident Evil where it's like you're moving in a 3D space but not naturally and this it's yeah. like you can still go back to it and like it I still, still feels natural, and it's probably still my favorite Nintendo game ever. Wow. wow. Yeah. I, I mean, I have a hard time. Like, I just enjoyed so much that feeling of pl- running through that first area yeah. just th- with the, the, the green and all there is. is like It's practically the stage is like one hill. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the top of that hill, there's just a, a pockets of interesting things happening around it. But this feeling of, I go stand up on the hill and look, at, look down at yeah. where I was, and I'm going to go run across that bridge. and. Just the 3D Sim- perspective. Is yes, amazing. just the perspective. Like the idea of simply moving in the space was fun, yeah. and most of the game was fun because like it's just fun to be here. Yeah, and you felt like you were discover a new move of yeah. Mario's if you tried. Yeah, and I've always been irritated that like I feel like these 3D games keep taking moves away, mm-hmm. where it's like I love the walking and then hitting back and jump and doing this weird backflip and yeah. then being able to jump jump th- triple jump and then yeah. dive out of it and then butt stomp and then wall jump off like it just the mobility and like the lack of power-ups it's like yeah there's a yeah. hat that flies like i never <laughs> want that hat never yeah. give that hat to me yeah, i want to like, like bound everywhere i think one of the most dated things in it is liquid metal mario oh yeah because it's like so cornball it's just it's, it's just, like terminator 2 <laughs> yeah it was i mean by even 96 that was a lame way to show yeah. like look at the reflective metal yeah we, we can, can reflect make. It's so and he's heavy and you'll use it twice yeah it's not it's not as fun that's also why they made them temporary because you don't want to do yeah that. you don't it's want like, all this stuff for any more than a few seconds and you think I like that, the surfing on the the turtle shell though turtle shell is fine fun, yeah but they but it was still like a ballsy move to think about how so many games like even it's you know soon to be contemporaries they were like 
we'll give you more moves, but unlock them. That way you can you can slowly grow your mm-hmm. character and you'll have you know, it takes you through the game in a story way. But in in Mario they're just like, nah, here it is, all right here. And I love the way it starts you out in front of the castle that you can just goof around yeah. for like an hour just to figure out what you're doing yep. and see if you can find mm-hmm. other things just out there and also how the castle would change like the moat would drop the yeah it just was a the things that in you had in your head of like oh this mario game is a world that i can play in and look i can mm-hmm. in the 2d mario work yeah. games and this felt a lot more of like no, this actually is a mm-hmm. 3D world that I can go poke around in and I'm rewarded for wondering what's at the bottom of the moat or what, yeah. where does, if I shoot myself out of this cannon up to that, can I stand on it? Yeah. Let's find out. And oh, well, here's a tree I could climb. Oh, there's a red coin here. Like, yeah. And they did trick you, like, if my trick's a strong word, but what I mean is that you could, they didn't have separate levels. They only had, they had big playgrounds yeah. that they would put challenges within yeah. But you didn't realize that you were given collectathons. You didn't realize they were like, sure. okay, get all the red coins. Hmm, what? Like it didn't feel like you were collecting, you know, jiggies or or whatever. All the other collectibles jiggies, and all jinjo, these jinjos, uh, jingos, whatever the little yeah. people, little Muppet looking guys were, and the music notes. Mario, yeah, you could get a hundred coins, and there were red coins, and then there were the stars. It's not like Mario sixty four didn't have a lot of stuff to collect. It was like part of it was the newness, the the novelty of oh, so that's what this is now. It's not just run left to right and get a flagpole at the end or walk off the stage to the right. It is, and even the idea of bosses are like so what? Like a boss is only going <laughs> to yeah. be so fun in three D. So instead, you only fight Bowser three times, and the rest of the game is like be good at video games, yeah. and we and we will slowly ramp it up naturally to the point that by the time you get to the end you will be good at this yeah they give you that king babam at the start like okay here's a boss you'll understand this but then your next challenge is going to be like race this koopa it's yeah. not a fight you're not getting to yeah. the end of a stage to beat a boss yeah like, and then even the first boss is like just literally just walk behind him and push a yeah. that's the first boss and then the second boss you fight in the second world that's like the in the castle in the air or whatever that mm-hmm. that stage is mm-hmm. called like air fortress or something it's like okay, now you got to dodge the thwomp as it falls at you, and then uh, attack it. Like hit yeah. the Z button and butt stomp it. Yeah, like, well, everything is done so iteratively and slowly yeah. uh, to test yeah. you in different ways of just navigating 3D space. Well, and to get that pacing done when you can still kind of travel around stages, however you feel like, or not not totally, but they're like here's three paintings in three different yeah. rooms. Go to whichever one you feel like and yeah. jump in that painting. Oh, yeah, I spent so much time, and this is uh, one of the first CD soundtracks that I ordered, I guess. Yeah, I got that soundtrack, too. Yeah, it was, uh, at a Nintendo Power. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I think I got mine from EB Games or Babbage's or mm. one of those things. That, like they. That's also how I got it. Was uh, I think it was the Wave Race 64 slash Mario 64. Oh, yeah. Uh, Blast Core was on there yeah. as well. Uh, and then I also remember that's how I got a Mario Kart CD as well. Yeah, that was definitely EB Games. Yeah, but um, it was so... I was sad to see that that didn't become a thing in America beyond those like Nintendo. Wasn't. Well, they did Killer Instinct Gold. They did yeah. Yo- they did Diddy Kong Racing. They did Yoshi's Story. Yeah. Um, th- there were there was a brief period where Nintendo of America actually did. There's a Play It Loud Super NES CD that has like F Zero and Ken Griffey and Super Metroid music on it, which is like <laughs> uh, which I finally got. I tried to order it at the time and it was gone. But anyway. Uh, we'll do three songs from Mario 64, and the first one is the main theme slash the first world that you'll all know. Koji Kondo had a lot more toys to yes, play with this time. Uh, yeah, a lot more fun here. And after that is Slider, 
You'll know it when you hear it. <laughs> and after that is the Powerful Mario slash Flight Cap. It's basically the invincibility-style jingle, but it's when you're flying around as Mario. And again, this music, as you're soaring around, just could not be more appropriate. So uh, we'll do those three and be back.
very dancey, very mid nineties. Um, no, I, it, it's uh, I, the flight theme is great because it takes the. It's another callback to sure. the classic theme, but then it's like, no, it's bigger than that. Like yeah. this is this is a it, it gets in your head. This is a limited experience, mm. but it also makes you think of soaring and staying yeah. in the air and just like go higher, yeah. higher. Uh, well, I the the main theme, the ground theme. Yeah, I just love uh, I the love fanfare. The, yeah, and the brassiness. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And but that's that steel drum kind of feel. Too. Yeah, all of that is like not Mario music. Like yeah. everything up to this point, Mario one, two, three, and World was very like we said. It's circus music. It's meant to be a playground yeah. and fun <laughs> and inviting. And that that main theme is just like bombastic and loud and yeah. and and not in a like silly fun ragtimey jazzy way. It's just very like big. It's mm-hmm. a loud big song in a playground yeah. that is full of like water crashing from the sky and like. Yeah, things think, exploding around you it's just a lot of fun and i think it's not supposed to inspire you to move as fast as you can that's its whole point too of like no like give a listen to this like have a more gradual pace look around like yeah. whoa this is weird to me what is going on and and i also when i think of that music though too i think of like taking a hard hit like yeah the water smashing me oh, and yeah. being hit by a ball and then hearing it like and but at the same time mario going like ooh, yeah <laughs> And this is is this the first Charles Martinet? It is his first appearance yeah. as a voice actor in it. Like he was originally cast for a trade show and the uh the demo that became the virtual Mario face at the start yeah. screen that he voiced over yeah. that and the Nintendo people loved it so much like you should just it's be me, Mario. There you go. And then you would hear this and you'd play with his face. See, another, this is great too. Another like yeah. steel drummy callback, but then like just intense percussion as yeah. you play around with his face. Yeah, uh, great. And yeah, but meanwhile, the the one that feels the most like I'd say even a Super Mario three composition is Slider. Like Slider has the feel of ragtime, of banjos, yeah. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. of and of running fast. And I think that is why everybody thinks of it as the race song. Yeah. The the I think it's called slider because you're going down a literal slide yeah. and racing a penguin on. Is yeah. the uh, is the opening theme the only time they call back to previous Mario games? I mean, no. The the cap music does it. Okay. The, the, there's definitely other callbacks to the music, but it mostly stands on it. Though here you yeah. hear it right there. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, this is the main theme, so oh, yeah, it can, like, kind of feels like it's like kind of gradually pushing you towards like. Yeah, this is you know Mario, but like when yeah. once the game starts, it's like this entirely yeah. different. There's a lot of yeah stuff. new stuff. They make you want to feel comfortable at the start, yeah. and then gets gets a little different. But yep. yeah, like God, Koji Kondo had so many new toys to play with on this, even though you know contemporary music was on CDs and this wasn't. But yeah, a famous uh, yeah the famous decision of Nintendo sticking with cartridges because CDs are too easy to pirate and the loading times will in fact. Um, you know all the messaging points that they gave you of why they wanted to stick with carts. Great reasoning, solid reasoning. Except it did hit them in audio. It hit them with FMVs, which you know part of what led Square to defect yeah. Sony and what got us FF7 and Resident Evil even benefits from that. Like so many of these third parties jumped ship because they're like, well, it's cheaper to make games on CDs. Well, it's a price point thing too. Like, yeah. it, PlayStation games were fifty dollars. Yeah, and in sixty four games tended to start at sixty and yes. went up from there. Yeah, and like it cut into the publisher's profit yeah. margin to make cartridges. Ma- Manufacture cartridges, yeah, which couldn't do as much anyway. And though that also tells you, like the the world we could have had versus what we do have. Of you know 
PlayStation really focused on, or it could show off these flashy FMVs, and it increased the need for cutscenes. Even though you know, while meanwhile, Super Mario really doesn't want to have cutscenes. Yeah. Like it, it'll, it does have some, you know, in-game model play scenes sure. of them acting stuff out. And Mario's animation really like doesn't get enough credit. Is feeling yeah. making it feel like a living cartoon. Yeah, you compare that to even like the cartoony and uh, you know, honestly, well animated characters in contemporaries like crash or knights yeah they just can't compare to what mario's just expressiveness yeah. through movement well and also just the freedom because crash is crash is a game that's like it's fun and it's colorful and especially from a western dev you're like wow i did not expect to see this in the mid 90s you still didn't think western devs could do <laughs> yeah, something that good but it's still a tube yes and then knights is on rails more or less mm-hmm. and mario 64 was like well we're neither of those yeah. this is a playground now like, i've and- seen people say uh, i've seen some snarky things people saying like you want a new crash just play temple run or play any <laughs> temple run thing because it is just a tube you run towards or away from like I remember it- somebody saying ff13 was crash bandicoot and i was like, <laughs> I was like man that kind of hurts Ouch. play it for 20 hours it gets better uh, we'll do three more songs from Mario 64, including Dire Dire Docks, which is the water stage. Ah. And this is a great example of this dynamic music where, depending on where you were in certain areas, elements of the songs would come in or fade out. And Diddy Kong Racing would do this, I think, a little more noticeable, uh, what, one year later? Mm. Uh, 97. But this is an example where it will start very slow. You're in a shipwrecked cave. There's a boat that's kind of like floating off in the distance. Um, and then as as you swim under it and come out the other side in this cave... This extra little like backbeat, uh, this back you know percussion kicks in. Reminds me a lot of Robert Miles' Dreamland, which also <laughs> turns twenty this year. Uh, but uh, Dire Dire Docks, and after that is Koopa's Road, which is so good. Which is the lead up, the the great, my absolute favorite part of the whole game are the three Bowser stages that are just obstacle courses yeah. that yeah. test your agility, and it plays this like the closest I would dare say of a badass song in a Mario game, <laughs> where it is like try it like, mm-hmm. like like you feel taunted by the song and by bowser and it does not feel like a give it your best it feels yeah. like a you will not win unlike, and, and that's such a not mario feeling unlike so many stages they were built to be playgrounds those were the ones where like you play this once and yeah pretty much go through a straight line yeah, yeah. they felt like the closest in that game to old school basically mario yeah. stages like 3d land and 3d world would get much closer to those of like these these are in three dimensions but it's Those very games are Crash Bandicoot. Set tracks. <laughs> yes, they are. Those oh, are yeah, Crash yeah. Bandicoot. Uh, but better. But <laughs> Koopa's Road just something about it. Like, yeah, the Mario One Castle theme is like oppressive, and yeah, mm-hmm. there's things in Three and World that sound more, you know, l- less friendly than the other music. But Koopa's Road sounds downright like antagonistic and mean. Uh, and I just loved it. And after that is Koopa's theme, which is also like when Koopa finally stomps out. It's such a like ridiculous like. This is when he became Godzilla. Like, yeah, he wasn't a goofball in a clown yeah. car. He wasn't yeah. like maybe five pixels taller than you. Yeah, this actually is what I did an article on Games Radar years ago called. And you can just Google this phrase: the ever changing sizes of Mario and Bowser. And then I did one for Lincoln Gannon, and I did one for Samus and Ridley. That was just showing like as the ten games technology got better. They're like uh, Bowser is like one, you know, two blocks taller than Mar- than Mario, and when you're Super Mario, they're basically the same height, yeah. which makes Mario like nine feet tall or twelve feet tall. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, Mario three, eh, whatever. And then, but Mario World, it's like, well, you don't get a mushroom, you don't get big. It's just little Mario, and then yeah. Bowser towers over you. And then in Sunshine, he's gigantic. Yes. Um, but are one and uh, in, in sixty four the only Mario games without a uh, 
children Bowsers in any form. He has no assistance in it, really. Yeah, not it is really, just Bowser. No. Yeah, outside of two, which doesn't really. It's not do. even like K-Mac in it or anything. I mean, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Dire Dire Docks, Koopa's Road, and Koopa's Theme. Thank you. 
basically a wrestler entrance. Yeah. The more I think about yeah. it, that is like a monster truck coming out or a wrestler. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it gives Bowser this like bass and guitar and yeah. crunch that the rest of the game doesn't have. Uh, yeah, it's so crunchy. But somehow like the uh, like those Fortress stage songs are even more imposing than Bowser's actual song. Like, yeah, Bowser's. Those, yeah, those all feel like they could be like even though you do like three of those, like. It sounds like last level music. Yeah, they do have that, like, mm-hmm. yeah. And I do love the March feeling because, again, it's not, you're not goofing around or you're no. not searching for where you're supposed to be. Like, you know where you're supposed to go, and it's a death march to yeah. get there. Yeah. And just, like, keep going, keep going. And it's like, just pure platforming. In. Like, by now, you better have a handle on how to navigate 3D space <laughs> because if you can't, you will not beat the stage. Yeah. And then, meanwhile, Die Die Docs, like, especially the opening, is just so relaxing and it feels like, um, Kind of reminds me of just like ripples, ripples yeah. on water, like yeah. just these tears and rain. But that is, I think because, I mean, the swimming is all right in that game, but it's definitely the 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 part that's aged the worst. Yeah, it's not. And great. I just like, yeah, swimming in that game, like the music, just for some reason it doesn't feel as pleasant to me. Three, just I mean, three dimensional swimming will never. Yeah. I, it's, it's never. It's, it's, it's never great. A, yeah. yeah, it's still a tough nut to crack. And I also did dislike having like limited swimming, like yeah. the air, the air oh, being limited. Yeah. When before Mario could just breathe underwater, like yeah. they never talked about it. <laughs> but, but still, yeah, that's the end of the show. Though it's uh, a lot of super obvious uh, Mario music, but uh, it had it, to be said. It had to be done, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, much like Henry's departure, VG <laughs> Empire also has been kind of sporadic for the past few months. It's mm-hmm. just been hard to like fit it in with everything mm-hmm. else, and. I don't entirely know how often there will be new episodes or when they'll post, um, but you can go to VGEmpire.com and find all the backlog. There's 117 more. The prior one to this, which was excellent, that I was really happy with, was uh, Spencer Nilsson, the ah. Sega CD composer, was in the building with us, and we did two episodes just about Sega CD, Sega oh. Music Group, Sonic CD, Amazing Spider-Man, Echo the Dolphin, Batman Returns. Just beautiful. Just a lot of great stuff. And he was he, in this room? He was sitting wow. in the seat you're in right now, Dave. Dang. The guy um, made Sonic CD's music. Yeah. Was in this room with that with that light. With, that, with that light switch <laughs> with naked ladies on it. I uh, mean, it did feel like a coming full circle thing for you that you mm-hmm. made this you made this to celebrate composers like him yeah and then here he is right here yeah. and you can talk to him about the things you obsessed about as yeah. a child like, and he had so many great stories in that so i encourage you to go back and listen like at the very least i'm sure a rocktober will be mm-hmm. in the future yeah. i want to at least do that but you know we're recording this in june so mm-hmm. it's hard to know when the next yeah. one will be but you know, there's still a lot I never touched on, so uh, we'll see. But I appreciate any comments you have at VGEmpire.com. I always read every comment. Uh, all that means a lot to me. But uh, any other plugs before we head out? Uh, well, gee, I mean, you know, there's a great backlog of my Cape Crisis <laughs> podcast as well. But of uh, of stuff that's still going on, I mean, Talking Simpsons is awesome. Give that a listen. And we go through every episode of The Simpsons one at a time and discuss it in our super hyper fan of the Simpsons brains, just working a mile a minute to discuss everything about it. Uh, also there's, uh, the, the regular laser time podcast where we have a different subject. We discuss every week uh, from pop culture. Recent hits include, uh, flubs or mistakes, mm-hmm. uh, press conferences, superheroes created after, mm-hmm. uh, in our lifetimes, Tons of great stuff. Yeah, if you want to hear the worst version of the Mario Brothers theme, it's in that episode played <laughs> at E3 by oh, your favorite gosh. Nintendo people. 
Yeah, though that wasn't Nintendo's <laughs> best music uh, yeah. at that time. Uh, I host Cheap Popcast Pro Wrestling Podcast. Uh, like much like uh, Bowser has his entrance theme yeah. there. Uh, play a lot of classic wrestling themes on that show, and uh, uh, there's also bonus time, the flagship show of our Patreon. You donate five dollars every month, you'll get a ton of other things. You'll get comic book, TV show commentaries. You'll get wrestling match commentaries. Uh, those are at ten dollar, but five dollar level. You also get the Monday Night Movie. As well as bonus time, uh, and I always I always try to fit weird music game music into that because I have an hour to fill with uh, random tunes, and it's, uh, <laughs> it's 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 always something different and always something weird. So. And as we mentioned a couple of times on here, there's thirty twenty ten our exploration of everything that happened in a given week thirty years ago, twenty years ago, and ten years ago. Brett's the host of that, and we've definitely had some video game discussion. Yeah, well, it's super appropriate because Mario sixty four when we record this is like twenty years old in Japan. Uh, Oh, it was yep. released 20 years ago this month in Japan, and it, we're coming up on September, which was the release of the N64 in America. So mm-hmm. uh, the N64 in general and PlayStation 1, the PlayStation 1's first year is a very 1996 uh, era, and it's also my freshman year oh. of high school into sophomore year of high school. Ah. So everybody's changing. <laughs> uh, we'll go out with the uh, 64 credits, the Mario 64 credits. They were they did a great job with this, and Mario Kart 64 both, of having great send-offs to the cast mm. of characters and all the worlds that you just ran through. Uh, but we'll do that, and uh, please uh, let me know what you think on the site, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>